Welcome to Conversation Mill. Join me as I talk to individuals stepping out to pursue their passions, from small business owners to community leaders, and learn with me how we can work together to support our local communities and local economies. Visit conversationmill.com to learn more, but now please join us in conversation. Hundred and six years in business, maintaining manufacturing during World War I and World War II, suffering near dissolution and a generation staying the course to regain full operation of the business, then pivoting to add services to continue growth, resulting in being one of the four remaining made in America pencil manufacturers. Musgrave Pencil, located in Pencil City, Shelbyville, Tennessee, is making 72 million pencils a year with no signs of stopping. I have always appreciated the feel of a pencil in my hand and the ability to erase and start again. And don't we all want that ability? To erase something and find the right words instead? Musgrave Pencil has embraced its history and is blending the historical with the modern, bringing their brand to social media and creating apparel as well as bringing their signature Tennessee Red Cedar Pencil Pack to their online store. Vice President of Operations Scott Johnson walked me through the manufacturing floor, explaining how each piece of equipment in the pencil-making process works. Scott's pride in sharing the perfectly timed equipment, and some of that equipment has been on the floor of this shop since the 30s, but his excitement in showing me these perfectly timed pieces of equipment and his handing back of samples of all the pencil-making stages as the soon-to-be pencils rolled off the conveyor belt lifted my spirits and reminded me about the mission of Conversation Mill. We don't get to be up close and personal with manufacturing like this anymore, and something of the grit of life, the grit of work, is lost. The pride that comes with a hard day's work, sweat and grease, it's lost. And there's a practical danger to becoming a service-only economy, a danger to pride and to livelihoods from relying too much on a global economy. Musgrave Pencil is keeping manufacturing jobs intact, making a classic, practical product while embracing progress and modern marketing initiatives. I had the honor of sitting down with one of the current owners, Henry Huland, who is also the grandson of the founder of Musgrave Pencils, James the Colonel Rafford Musgrave. Henry's office is on the top floor of Musgrave, and his black standard poodle Pepe greeted me as Scott introduced us. Henry shared the history of Musgrave and his heart. He is proud of the hard work of past generations and hopeful for the future. Please enjoy my conversation with Henry, and if you're looking for a practical way to create some brand recognition for your business, consider custom pencils from an American classic, Musgrave Pencils. Can you take us back to 1916 and tell us a little bit about James the Colonel Musgrave? Well, my grandfather did, did you know, start the company and from actually from 1916 until 1923, we actually cut cedar slats and sold them to other pencil companies, mostly in Europe. 
Yeah. And and then in 1923, Granady Musgrave went to went to Europe and and bartered for pencil machines uh, against pencil slats. So so he actually swapped out slats for machinery, sure. and then brought brought the machinery back here and set up shop. And how did he know to be selling the cedar slats over there in Europe? How did he have those contacts with pencil makers over there? Well, when he when he had the premonition or whatever you want to call it, uh, about cedar rail fences. We actually didn't cut trees. We used cedar rail fences and to make slats with. And and he just he knew about the he knew about the pencil in industry, uh, the early pencil manufacturers in the United States, and and he knew he had he had uh, that he could do something with the with the pencil slats, so he started contacting the pencil co- companies in Europe. And what was what was he doing before making pencils? Anything, or was this his first endeavor? Well, that's a really good question, and that's something I cannot answer. Not I sure. Don't, I okay. don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. He, he, uh, before he got in the pencil industry, because I never knew him. And, right. And, and he, he, he died in 1939. And my brother, my older brother, Ryford, did get to sit in his lap before. Okay. So he, he did get to meet, meet him, but, uh, I, of course, did not. So. And did he, how old was he when he passed away? He was actually pretty young. He was either 58 or 62 or somewhere around there. Yeah, so he was young. He was, he was really, he was he was pretty young, yeah. And so then whose hands did Musgrave Pencil go into after his passing? A- after after he, after Granddaddy Musgrave died, my dad and, and, and his wife, his wife was a Musgrave. Okay. He married a Musgrave, so okay. so that's that's where that's where the name came from, and that's of course it stayed. Uh, they he had acted as a sales rep in southeastern United States and Arkansas and around, and and uh, he he started to help run the company. At that time, the company. Uh, I don't know whether it was because of the of Granddaddy Musgrave's death or what, but it it had a hard time for three or four years. Went into receivership, and and some of the some of the couple of the bank banks here in Shel- Shelbyville helped run the company, and then after after a couple of years, they paid off all their debts. Dad became president. And the rest is history. Yeah. He took it forward. I, I was reading on your website, the history on your website, um, about some really pivotal periods of your history. And one of them being World War I um, and really needing to bring the, man, the whole process of manufacturing pencils here because of the war there. Um, but then also World War II. Can you tell us a little bit about some of those pivotal times in the history of Musgrave Pencil? Well, I, actually, World War World War Two, when we 
could not get materials were really, really hard to get. Of course, we were still cutting our own slats. Mm-hmm. So we, we had slats and there were, there were two, uh, graphite core manufacturers, uh, one in Shelbyville and, and one right outside of Atlanta, which still made, uh, some of our graphite cores. Now the ferrules that were made out of brass, all the brass went into ammunition. So we could not get so, so for a period of maybe two or three years, we used paper ferrules and actually glued them on. Now the racers were something else. They, 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 we could, we could get erasers and, uh, and, and we could, we could still get some of the lacquers that we used to paint the pencils with. Mm-hmm. But th- those were, those were really, th- those were hard, hard times then. And during that period, during that World War II period, did you then bring in women and hire women in the factories like they were working in munitions factories and other factories here in the States? Yeah, we, we yes, we did. And, and, and since then, you know, we're still probably, I don't know today, maybe 70, 75% women. And, and, uh, we, we've always had a, a larger, female, I guess, uh, employees than, than, than males. And I guess we should back up a little bit because you were mentioning some of the pieces to make pencils um, that, that you couldn't get during World War II. So let's back up a little bit. And can you tell us each piece of what makes a pencil? Well, of course, wood is the basic part. Wood is probably 50 to, to 55% of the cost of the pencil. And then your, and then your graphite cores, but in order to put those together, which you probably saw down there making the, making this, what we call a slat sandwich is the glue. Yeah. So you've, you've got the, you've got the, the, the slats that are grooved and then the glue that's put in the slats and then the graphite cores are laid in those grooves. And then after that, of course, they are, after they are shaped out into the whatever, Pencil size you want, whether it's a round or hex or a jumbo or whatever, uh, you paint them and, and you've got, we, we probably have a, you know, hundred different, uh, colors of lacquers and, and then the ferrules is a, some are, not many are brass anymore because brass is still very expensive. So most of them are steel now or aluminum. Okay. And, and they make good, good ferrules and then the, Erasers, and then of course all the component parts, as far as packaging is concerned, come into play after the pencil is actually made and printed. If you're going to print it, all the different color foils are involved in the print process. And that, um, uh, and I, I'm sorry, the the name of it is slipping my mind, but that ferrule is that what Feral, that's called yes. that's that piece yes. that holds the eraser to the pencil that's correct, correct? Yes. yeah yes. okay i'm sure a lot of people are like oh uh, that's what that's what, called what, what is that right yeah right. yeah so take uh, thank you for explaining each piece now take us back to you mentioned it briefly at the beginning originally uh the colonel was trading or bartering for cedar fences to make those slats yeah out that of. was that was a really uh, interesting time in the company because he would he would go out and buy a farmer's cedar rail fence 
and actually swap them, swap a wire fence for his cedar rail fence. We had a fencing crew here that would actually go out and take the cedar rail fence down and put a wire fence up. And I've got some pictures uh, here of the yard with rolls of wire fencing just laying on the ground ready to go somewhere to replace a cedar rail fence. And uh, farmers would would bring uh, rail their cedar rails in on horse and buggy. I've got pictures of that. They would they'd weigh it, and and uh, and they get paid right on the spot. And that that's how we got that's how we got our wood for a long long time until we started buying California incense cedar from mm-hmm. California. What a what a progressive and brilliant idea to essentially recycle that uh that cedar fencing and then hey here let me upgrade you essentially Uh, by taking that other stuff off your hands right wow and you guys still um scott was taking me on the tour uh today scott your vp of operations and showing me kind of the symbiotic relationship as far as the wood shavings that are left over after the Mm -hmm. pencils slats are are cut down um that someone comes and hauls away um can you tell us a little bit about that relationship they're all now they're all used uh they're they're sold to horse farms uh shelbyville and the surrounding area in middle tennessee is big tennessee walking horse country Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of training facilities around here that i mean they're there's probably a hundred of them, and and they requ- they have a lot of stalls, and they require a lot of shavings. So in order for us to get rid of them, we give them away because it's a lot cheaper for us to give them away than us to haul them off somewhere to a landfill and burned or something. But they get used again, so that's 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 the name of the game. And when I walked in, I saw a few pictures of horses and, and awards up on the wall. Do you have any horse people in your family? We we don't, but okay. what we, the company, has always been active and interested and participated in the Tennessee National Walking Horse Celebration, which is a 10-day celebration held once a year in Shelbyville that we crown the, the Tennessee Walking Horse you know, uh, of the world uh, wow. at, during the end of that 10 days. But anyway, our company has always given a trophy to the winner, to the big winner of that celebration. So okay. That, that's where all that comes from. Now, did you grow up working here at Musgrave Pencil, or did you come in later in life? Well, I I spent, cause as, a, as a child, I spent a lot of time out here. I Probably dad didn't like it, but we had a we had a little red tricycle out here that that he let Rafe and I both ride all through the fat factory. He would just turn us loose. And we used to buy our after we quit making Tennessee red cedar slats and buying California incense cedar lumber, we still cut our own slats, so we would buy the lumber and stack it in the yard and of course when you stack lumber you stack it you know pig pen style i don't know how how you say that sure but but uh there was always little holes and crevices and stuff in it that you could crawl down and play anyway we we spent our lives here and and when i started when i started doing anything here uh one summer i washed windows 
uh, all all summer long. Dad Dad probably gave us a penny of pain to wash windows. So a friend of mine and I washed windows, and and uh, you know then I sort of got out of it until until I got out of uh, college, and then and then came on and and started in the uh, started in the, actually started in the shop. Okay. Where where I started learning the pro- process. And then worked your way up. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I worked in the shop. Then I worked in a lot. I worked in every department but the wood department. And and for some reason, Dad didn't want me in the wood department. I don't know why. I guess he thought I'd cut a finger or two off or something. But uh, anyway, I worked in all the other departments. And 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 eventually, I, our bookkeeper was about to retire. And I I started helping him, and and that's what transferred me out of the plant into the office. Were you excited about coming on board and kind of maintaining that family-owned feel to the company, or was it something that at times maybe felt like a burden? Oh, it never felt like a burden. I, I always I always wanted to do that. I I I guess my only regret. And, and I think every family business should, if their if their children come on uh, to run the company or whatever the capacity they have in the company, I, I think they should do something else first for a few years to get a feel of the outside world. I didn't do that. Oh, I just yeah. started right in, and of course, of course I've. I've loved it. I've loved, I've loved every minute of it, and mm-hmm. and uh, and still here today, and probably shouldn't be, but I am, and and but have started to cut way back. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, every generation of family-owned business usually has the opportunity to leave their mark on the business, whether that's because hard times come along or because they are there at the moment that things maybe are, uh, you know, progressing where technology is changing and they have to pivot with Mm -hmm. technology. What mark did your dad leave on the company? What was kind of his major contribution and what do you think is yours? Well, I think dad's was just getting the company back together Mm. and, and bringing it, you know, out from receivership to a profitable company. And, and he, he was instrumental in, in getting our first two or three big accounts with with pencil distributors and imprinters and and all uh, and he continued to do that. I mean that that's he, he kept he kept the company going and 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 uh, had, had had good employees and they liked him and they liked working here and so so he had he had a good run. Mm-hmm. And what do you think has been your, or maybe it, maybe you're still making it? What do you think is the mark you've made on the company, or what when you finally retire, or when you finally pass <laughs> this on to someone else in the family? Well, because after after my dad died, we we uh, cost just got out of control a little mm-hmm. bit, and and the company company needed some some help and i i i had a friend that that was in the slat making business 
that I had known for a long time that had excused himself out of the slat making business and was basically an entrepreneur. Mm. And, and I asked him, but he knew the wood industry. He knew the pencil in- industry. I asked him for help. Sure. And he took our company on as a project. And ever since, since then, we, we've, we've, we've had ups and downs, but we've had more ups and downs. So yeah. we, we've done, they, the, the, we formed a board and, the, and, and had, had good, good board instructions. And, uh, you know, other than that, they, I, I got our designer line started and it was, it was, it used to be, it's not as big now because, COVID shut all the school stores down. Sure. We, we, we sold designer pencils. We probably had, still have too many, but we have probably 400 different designs that we make and still sell to, to some bigger, larger distributors now where we used to sell them all to individual family school stores. Sure. And when, when COVID hit, I mean, they just, they just all went out of business. Yeah. And, and, and then, then the larger ones, you know, bought the smaller ones up, and and there's maybe four or five left. But that that that's it right now. I love what you said about um, your mark being asking someone for help and saying, "Hey, come in and take a look at the business." Because I think that's very hard for any small business owner to do, or any entrepreneur to do, is to look at their business and admit. I don't know everything and I need help, but it's extremely hard when it's a family owned business that's and right. there's a lot of pride involved. That's right. So I think that's very admirable about yeah, you yeah. to have stepped up and been able to do that. Well, we, we needed, we needed help and this, this man could do it. And, and I, I knew it and, and he's still with us. He's, he, he's our board chair today. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. So, so, with a lot of manufacturing and a lot of different products going to China, um, and, and us seeing a lot of manufacturing in the U.S. shut down because so much was sent over to China, how did that impact Musgrave Pencil? Because I just walked through your factory and you guys are thriving. So how do you guys survive that where many other pencil companies had to shut down? Well, a lot of a lot of that, I think, is 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 us being i mean we're still very we're competitive in the market we we have we we have we have bought materials wisely our our current president is 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 the best negotiator you've ever seen as far as buying buying materials Mm. the company really really started i mean really kept kept going during that time because of, of 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 good purchasing decisions being in a small town having the biggest thing that we've got going for, for us during that time and now are our loyal employees we, mm. we've got local employees we've got families that have worked here for years and years and years and and that that really helps when you don't have to when you don't have to worry about your your employment situation mm-hmm. that's not so true today after covid years but that didn't have anything to do with with, with the past but uh we we our company has always 
tried to deal with our customers, telling them that we have a USA-made product and there's still a lot of com- companies that that want that. Mm-hmm. And and as long as you don't try to move too fast, I think you can survive during 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 those times. You you mentioned uh, your your local employees and, and how loyal they've been to you, which speaks highly of you as an employer because people aren't that loyal loyal if the employer is not dedicated yeah, to them yeah. as well. But tell me a little bit about Shelbyville and a little bit about this community. Well, of course, we're we're an old town. Our company's been here since since 1916, and a lot of the other pencil side industries like imprinting and 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 a long time ago we had a couple of couple of the material manufacturers here we had a a eraser manufacturer and we had a graphite manufacturer don't mm-hmm. don't have those now but uh we are we we have always tried to treat our employees fairly and 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 they've They've reciprocated. They've treated us fairly, mm-hmm. and and I mean we we're not anywhere without them. They they are bread and butter. That that's what keeps us going. And 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 they've been they've been loyal to us. And you know as long as you're fair to somebody, you, you can you can continue on without a lot of trouble. I walked downtown this morning uh, before this interview and, and grabbed coffee and just kind of walked around your little town square there. And it looks like the shops are pretty full and that there's some life coming back to that downtown area. I'm sure in your lifetime here, you've seen so many changes. What What are some of those big changes that you've seen here in Shelbyville? Well, like any small town, I guess, is when Walmart comes in, you see a big change when when uh, uh, Lowe's comes in. You see a change, especially around the square, because sure. we we had we had uh, we had hardware stores, we had uh, grocery stores, we had you know all those little little mom and pop industries around the square, which aren't there anymore. I mean, some some still are, yes, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of them had to. Had to move out and 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 either do something else or 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 quit the business completely. Mm-hmm. But but the town the 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 square it has has revived a little bit and and we we've got we've we've got a few on our on the town council now that are trying that are really trying hard to bring some small businesses back on on the square. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe this is out of your wheelhouse, but I just love hearing other people's opinions and thoughts on this. How do we start to pivot back to more of keeping things local, small business? Because right now everything is so national, so global, the Walmarts, the Amazons. Uh, and while they have their place, we lose a lot when we don't have those small businesses or family businesses shut down. Yeah, where do we Where do we start bringing those back well i think we have to start by having something to offer the folks that are here Mm -hmm. now like if i wanted to go out and buy a pair of blue jeans today there is nowhere well there is somewhere in shelbyville but other than a local uh 
farmer's co-op, there's no place for me to go. Mm. That's not a national known uh, right. in, entity. Uh, we, we, we have to be, we have to be competitive in our pricing and because you're going to always find something cheaper in a Walmart, mm-hmm. uh, than, than maybe on the square. So I think the American people in general too need to want to buy on a local basis more, more than they, they I mean, they, you've got to, you'll always have to have your Walmarts and your Lowe's and your Home Depots and, and, but, uh, there's room for everybody if, if they, if they just let it happen. Yeah. Um, jumping back to your business, um, there's tons of different pencils that I didn't even think about before arriving today, which we talked about on the tour. For example, the little pencils you use at a, a golf course to write down your score. Yeah. Um, yeah. What percentage of your business are these different aspects of the business? So for instance, I ordered my custom pencils for advertising my podcast from Musgrave, and that's how I learned about you. So what percentage is custom work? What percentage is like white label that you're selling to other pencil companies? Yeah. What's the breakdown there? That That's, that's, that's something that I, I really can't answer. Okay. Uh, uh, we make a lot of, we make a lot of hex pencils for the schools. We make a lot of round pencils for advertising and a lot of custom. And we're, we're trying to, we're trying to increase our custom work all the time. Yeah. That, that helps us, uh, have, have a larger variety than, than if we, than if we had to, to uh, farm all of that custom work out to to a different imprint or something like that. Sure. And you guys do everything from start to finish here on site, correct? Oh yes, mm-hmm. yes. Well, I mean, we, we don't we do not make our paint. I mean, we we still purchase our paint and our wood and our graphite. Now, some 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 of our colored lead cores now. Or we make ourselves. We, there was a company that was here that were just down the street that we purchased and, and, and they used to make graphite cores mm. and all of our color lead cores. Well, we just, they were going down and down and down and, and, and we purchased them. And so we're making our color lead cores now, but it had been so long since they had made their graphite cores that all of the kills and everything that they used were just were inoperable. Okay. So that's something that's on our radar yeah. <laughs> for future. So we figured the more that we can make ourselves, uh, the better off we're going to be and, and, and the more opportunity that we, we, we can provide our customers. I mean, we make, you didn't go in the box department, but we make all of our own boxes. And we make boxes for not only us, but for a lot of other people. All kinds of different kinds of setup boxes. Box that has a top and a bottom, not a folded box. Yeah. We talked a little bit about quality of goods. Um, we mentioned it in another question. Is there different quality in pencils? Which may seem like a silly question, but 
are, is there something that you're doing that maybe other competitors or overseas competitors are cheaping out on for lack of a better word, or is there a quality difference in the actual pencil itself? Well, of course we do have a lot of different quality pencils to sell in different markets, but we have found out that if, if we use, if we use a little bit better grade wood and we use a little bit better grade graphite, it, it, it goes together better. It goes together faster. And, and in the end, it come, it turns out to be a little bit more of a quality product than, uh, say some of the pencils coming in from China. Down there on the floor and seeing all the equipment work today. And you mentioned it, um, just a few minutes ago when we met, but, um, a lot of that equipment is not computerized. Um, and it's and it's been there for a long time. Can you tell us a little bit about the equipment that you're using down there on the floor? Well, some of that equipment has been, like I said earlier, it's been there probably since since the 1930s, 1940s. I, I mean, I know it has. Some of the some of the paint machines, uh, probably more the paint machines than anything else. But if you can imagine, we we ran this whole factory off of a line shaft. A, a, a line shaft is a single shaft running the length of the company with belts running on it off of pulleys down to each individual machine, which actually turned the machine. So there was no electricity, were not any electric motors hooked to those machines at that time. So we ran this whole factory off of a line shaft for a long, long time. And, wow. and then, and then finally, Finally, we we motorized all of the machines, in which, of course, they are they are today. But uh, some of the machines now, uh, maybe maybe a couple of the of the printers are computerized now. Sure. But but uh, they're all pretty much mechanical machines now. They and and they have to be set up every single day and 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 watched. But uh, they are real heavy-duty machines, and and they can they can do the job. Yeah, there's I think a lot of nostalgia around pencils, um, almost like it's a forgotten tool. Although when I told people, oh, I I ordered some pencils from Musgrave, I'm going down to to meet them and and see their factory. Everyone kind of lit up and was like, oh, that's a great marketing idea pencils I, I why didn't i think of that send me some of your pencils we'll stick them in our cabins that we rent so do you see a lot of people purchasing from you from almost a nostalgia standpoint um or is it just something that's uh kind of american like you just kind of give away pencils or you had you're using pencils in yeah, school or yeah what, what's what's kind of the feel that you have now so, sometimes you see that now in fact i think you're seeing it a little bit more now. You, your, your, our, our presence on the internet has helped that, mm. and and di- different organizations that that like pencils uh, have 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 helped in that area, and people. I think more people as your as your name gets out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think people say, well, that is a good idea. And, and we, of course, we love that because that's an area that, that is fairly new to us and, and we, we want to pursue it too. Mm-hmm. And 
we're we've got about ten different internet uh, pencils other than custom pencils that you can purchase. And when we send somebody orders a dozen or two dozen, I and I think they still do. We'll send a little handwritten note saying thank you, mm-hmm. and and they love it. It makes us feel good and. And you get you get good feedback. Uh, sometimes something goes wrong, as in anything you you, you sell. Yeah. But uh, more times than not, people are have really been satisfied with the product. I noticed on your site you're starting to sell apparel um, stickers with with your logo on it. And that is something that's a little bit more modern. So who's kind of leading the charge of you have an Instagram account with 11,000 followers, mm-hmm. you, you're doing apparel. So who's really leading that charge? We, we, have a, we have a marketing firm that has been with us for almost five years now that started all that. We, we just we have just Scott has just hired a new marketing and sales director and you talk you talk to heather yes okay that's yeah. who heather is yeah that's yeah. Who he- she, heather, yeah i wasn't that, sure that's what her, that's okay. her space right, okay right there yeah and 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 she she had an appointment today or she would have been here so yeah. so she's she's sort of heading that up now and and is excited about it and and we're excited to have her and so yeah. we're we want her to to Thank you and breathe it 24-7 as far as we're concerned. Yeah. Well, shout out to Heather because she reached out and and had this great idea for for you to be on here and and for us to be able to talk about what you guys are doing, get your name out there even more. But really because of her... I've now been talking about Musgrave pencil a lot more than I would if I was just handing out the pencils. <laughs> so um, I've already had multiple people be like, oh, well, you know, let me know when that episode's out so I can listen to it because that's a cool idea for yeah, me to order yeah, pencils. So yeah. um, way to go, Heather. She's, she's right. doing what, what right. you guys brought her on to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, at one point, Shelbyville was designated the pencil city. Um, is Shelbyville still referred to as the Pencil City? Well, on 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 some ads, the it, it the some logos, it still has the pencil across the across the crest. Yeah. It's got a pencil and a walking horse because okay. th- those are the two big industries here. Because see, we used to have we we used to have four manufacturers in this town, okay. and 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 probably that number of imprinters. And just and then one by one they either either were absorbed by another pencil company or or just stopped quit business or whatever. So they're not but th- three four manufacturers pencil manufacturers left in the United States. Wow. And three are three are in Tennessee. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> what is the future of Musgrave pencil? Oh, I see it. I see it bright now because with with uh, with COVID so, sort of taking a back seat for the first time in three years almost, yeah. Yeah. and 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 us having more of an internet presence and the opportunities that 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 we have maybe with with some of the 
some of the school districts that may be going back to a USA product now. There are opportunities out there. We just have to recognize them and take advantage of them. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a podcast about having conversations with small business owners, family-owned businesses. And we sat down, we had a conversation today about your business. But I would be curious to know if you could sit down with anybody, living or dead, and have a one-on-one conversation, who would you love to sit down with and have a conversation with? <laughs> wow. that's Take your time. I know it's a hard question. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a real that's a real tough uh, I'd like to talk to my dad again. Mm-hmm. Get him up to speed. What's going on? Sorry. I got to say, I'm loving this with the podcast because the last two interviews I did were gentlemen who shared a really touching who I'd love to have a conversation with. And, uh, and both shed tears. And I love that, that you guys bring that to the podcast. I think that's really remarkable because um, since he worked so hard to save the company from closure and mm-hmm. worked with the banks to bring it into uh, into modern times and then being able to pass it on to you, what a, what a gift hmm. he left you. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your day to sit with me and and tell me about the history of Musgrave Pencil and and what the future holds. I wish you guys all the best. It was your hospitality today was wonderful. Um, Your team is even walking my pup while we do this. So um, it, uh, the, just the hospitality and generosity that they've shown me today really reflects what you and your family and what four generations of your family Mm -hmm. have uh, created here. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you to Henry for sharing the history of Musgrave Pencil with us today. If you are interested in ordering custom pencils from Musgrave Pencil, you can visit musgravepencil.com, where an easy step-by-step guide walks you through the customization process, and Musgrave Pencil will reach out to you to confirm your order's accuracy and make the process as smooth and as easy as possible for you. You can also follow them on Instagram at Musgrave Pencil and see those machines from the 30s and 40s we were talking about in action on their manufacturing floor. Thank you again to Musgrave Pencil for all the hospitality they showed and for sharing their 106-year-old journey with us. Don't forget to follow Conversation Mill on Instagram for episode previews and join Conversation Mill at conversationmill.substack.com for additional chats with our guests, entrepreneurship tips, leadership training, and member-only content. And as always, thank you for listening to Conversation Mill and being part of our community.